Welcome home. You're listening to 180 Church Podcast. Hi fam. Dr. Sammy and the podcast crew are on a break this week enjoying their summer. However, please tune in and have a listen to a message from a leader in our local community. Enjoy. Today's sermon is given by Dr. Sammy D. Kim, a co-founder of 180 Church NYC, a bioethics fellow in global health and social medicine at Harvard Medical School, and a regular contributor at Christianity Today. So the question this week, as the heat wave took place in our city, and they, the mayor canceled the, the triathlon and many other activities, the question was, should we as a community of faith cancel our day in the sun? You know, because if something went wrong, tomorrow, t- tomorrow the New York Times could have a feature, fanatical church kills three people at Central Park. <laughs> that would be the worst type of witness there, there, there could be. N- you know, New York City, in park recreation, actually not the show, but the Department of New York, uh, takes a policy where it's rather, what, to be safe than sorry. Right? Sometimes it's better to be safe than sorry, and I think the triathlon, canceling that is a good idea. Running in these conditions, probably it's not, it's not a good idea. But sometimes the mayor you know, has his trigger happy of canceling schools. Uh, the last couple of times my kids, I mean, they're always happy when schools are canceled, but I mean, there's like one inch of snow, and the projected you know, was like eight inches or two feet, and then there's two inches. Now, one of the risks of canceling New York City schools, if you guys didn't know, let me educate you, okay? The greatest problem with canceling school is that for the vulnerable population of New York, that might be their only meal that day. So you're risking starving children for the day, malnutrition and all of that, but also the greatest problem is there's no child care for them. So if they have to stay home, it also hits the economy of people who can't afford child care because they have to watch their kids now because they can't take them to child care. There's nothing that exists. So sometimes it is good to be safe than sorry, but sometimes I think for many of us, first for those who, of us in this room, I mean in the, in, in the part that believe, is that sometimes I think we'll be sorry for being too safe. Because in this passage, that's the question before us, the challenges of mission and goals. For every goal, there are challenges. Sometimes it's better to be safe than sorry. But sometimes we'll be sorry that we were too safe. For example, you'd be, too, you'd be sorry if you were too safe if you love someone. I'm talking to all the guys. You've been crushing on this person forever. And you never say anything. You might regret it. Sometimes safety is not the top priority, right? Sometimes the notebook is. Nicholas Sparks teaches you that. Sometimes you got to let it out. You got to take a risk. Safety is not always the chief end. In this passage, spiritual friends take a paralyzed man to Jesus. If you read with me in verse 18 to 19, it said that some men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to to do this because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. 
when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friends, your sins are forgiven. Okay, let's stop right there. So here's the challenge for the day in the sun, for those of us who believe. When we encounter challenges like a heat wave, do we still do day in the sun? Yes. Why? Because our goal as a community of faith is faith is getting people to what? To who? Jesus. Tell someone next to you, Jesus. It's not your goal to have Jesus reveal himself to you or someone to turn their life to Christ or their life be transformed, but it is our goal to get them to Jesus, not around Jesus, not to hear about Jesus. The four spiritual friends that got their friend to Jesus through an innovative mean of breaking through the tile of the roof, getting, it's, it's just getting that person to Jesus. And so we do day in the suns, even at the heat wave, because this is worth it. It's imperative. A lot of times, I think for the believer, we make excuses about why, if we, we should engage in gospel witness, if we should share our faith. Sometimes we say it's too hot. Who's going to want to come out to Central Park? How many people thought that? Oh, it's too hot. Let's cancel it. And sometimes we, we become so soft. Tell someone, you're soft. You're jamba juice drinking, avocado eating millennials. You're just like, it's snowing too much, or it's too hot, or it's too cold, or it's raining too much. Sometimes, as believers, we forget that there will be challenges. But when it, it has to do with getting people to Jesus, I think when we contemplate on it in hindsight, we'll be sorry that we were too safe. Because you can come up with you know, enormous excuses every single time. But these friends motivate us that even when we're challenged by resistance, we push through and get our friends to Jesus. What happens after? It's not up to you. Your, your job is to get people to Jesus innovatively, even when it's hard. JFK once says that we're, we're going to land a man on the moon, not because what? It's easy, but because it's hard. We don't do these things because they're easy, but because they're hard. They're admirable. They're worthy. So to the believers today, don't let challenges push you back from mission and evangelism and sharing your faith because people need the Lord. And today I pray that the Spirit of God would convict you about your excuses. What kind of excuses do we have? These friends paint a picture of what our heart should be like. Amen? So tell someone next to you, keep going. Don't give up. Even when it's hot. Okay? Even when it's cold, even when it's raining. Okay, so that's the first challenge to the believer. The second challenge is not just to the believer, but to the seeker. You might be investigating faith. You're like, man, I got to come out here. What, you guys are crazy? Come in on the heat wave. What is this all about? Why is this worth it? And, and if you read right after 20, and it says that when Jesus saw their faith, so look at that, believers. A lot of times, the initiation to the kingdom and people meeting God is our faith, not theirs, because they have none yet. And then in verse 20, it says that uh, when Jesus saw their uh, faith, he said, friends, your sins 
friend, your sins are forgiven. And this drew some controversy and conflict and ambivalence for the crowd. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to think to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy, who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew that they were thinking and they asked, what are you think- why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Wh- which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? Because I assure you the reason why the friends brought their friend to Jesus was physical healing, not spiritual healing or forgiveness. And this is offensive, the challenge to the seeker. You come to church and you hear, you, should, you need to be forgiven of your sins. And you're like, what? I came to church. I'm a choir boy. I'm good. I'm a, I, I mean, aren't I good for coming to church? I gave up my time to come here. And then someone says, Jesus says to the, to the person that's actually victimized and broken before even healing him physically, Jesus addresses the spiritual domain, not the natural domain, not the physical domain. Jesus says, your sins. A lot of times I call this the malaise of misfortune. Tell someone the malaise of misfortune. You're like, what the heck does that mean, malaise of misfortune? Sometimes in misfortune, we get hazy about personal responsibility. Just because you experience misfortune or even moral injury, someone does you harm or you've been harmed by something, does not mitigate your responsibility or your sins or your mistakes. Sometimes when we look at victimization and when we look at people in poverty or when we look at people that are broken or even mentally ill, we abdicate of them, of their responsibi- personal responsibility. And Jesus here addresses that first. I'll give you an example. My son Josh is six years old. He stole from me $10. Okay, he earned from me $10. He had $10 in his cash in his fanny pack. He's very proud of his fanny pack. And then he was work- walking in the streets of, of Uh, Union Square, right near McDonald's, and this homeless person, or looked apparently distressed woman, went to Josh and said, do you have $2? And Josh said, of course I have $2. I think Sean was with him, right? And you let him give the $2. No, No, but uh, I'm kidding. But uh, Josh took it out and He took the $2 and here you go because it seemed like she was in distress that she just maybe needed money for the train or train ride. And Josh came to us and told us, Mommy, Daddy, I gave a person in need $2. Except she does that every single day to every single person. Just because you're in misfortune does not mean you are not doing harm or manipulating. And this is the problem. The malaise of misfortune comes in the church. And we we want to be politically correct. But let me tell you, it does not absolve you of personal responsibility. This is the same thing that happens when my wife says to me, hey, we need to talk. No, we don't. Because it's about something I've done. I hate admitting mistakes. Do you like admitting mistakes? You elitist people here. You don't like, you like, you think you're smart. You want to be awesome. You don't want to make, this is actually not just in the personal domain. You want to go to the corporate domain. The most money being spent and lost is people that can't receive feedback for their mistakes. The problem why there's such systemic problems, toxicities in hospitals is because physicians can't admit to mistakes, can't admit, admit, admit to fault. Corporate America can't admit to feedback because of the ego. It's costing us billions of dollars of human capital because none of us like to admit when we're confronted with truth. Jesus does that. 
And let me tell you, you can be around Jesus, you can be hearing about Jesus, but somewhere on the line, Jesus will address your personal moral feelings. Not because of your misfortune, not because of what's going on in your life, that you're absolved of that. And the challenge to you is, yes, there's an etymology for this, why we don't like admit to fault. Some people have called the psychology called an ego, pride. Theologically, the Bible calls it sin. And that's what rubs you the wrong way, sin. It rubs us all the wrong way. But let me just tell you right now, every time I tell my wife, my wife goes, Sam, just say you're sorry, and this conversation will be over. We had it for two hours. Humility never felt good to me. Humility is poisonous to our pride. But it's liberating. It sets us free to receive grace and forgiveness. And that's why Jesus addresses the spiritual domain before he addresses the natural domain. So whether you might be a believer today or a seeker, the challenge is difficult. For seekers, that might be the most challenging. To admit to personal fall need that, and to say, I am a sinner. I do struggle with that. And I need forgiveness. To the believer, making excuses about why people need forgiveness and why we do this thing in the first place. And in the end, a famous theologian said that mission exists because worship doesn't. If you read this passage in the end, it says in verse 25, immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home, what? Praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things. When that happens, we see remarkable things. That's why we do it. So today I invite you despite of the challenges to have faith, keep pushing on. And to those that feel offended or rubbed the wrong way, to look at yourself in the mirror, why you might need a savior, why you need forgiveness. Let's stand and pray together. Father, we're out here today in the heat wave, but we thank you for the trees, the shalom and the peace that we receive from the shade. I even saw some people sleeping here right in the beginning. God, the sun and the pressures of the city is burning us out. We pray for your grace today. Father, we pray that both believers and seekers would culminate in worship. Either seeing what God has done or is doing, and for the seeker, being healed and forgiven. So Holy Spirit, we want to pray today this worthy goal for the believer to see you do amazing and remarkable things among us, to heal, to restore, to forgive, to bring redemption to people's lives. And for the seeker to find personal redemption, to be rescued, and to find forgiveness for our responsibility, for the harm we've done, no matter of the misfortune in our life. We pray, God, that these days in the suns would be a cattle, catalyst to worship in those ways, in those expressions. 
Will you bow your heads for the benediction? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. You know, before we end, I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, for those of our hearts that are being pulled. first for the believer that you're dealing with our excuses, our fears about our calling to share you with others in the city. I pray that you would bring a bold conviction today. And for those of us who are seeking, they've been roundabout, been hearing about Jesus and around Jesus and our friends been getting us through the roof to Jesus would encounter him as he is. We give all this to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say, Amen. Hey everyone, we just have some community news for you as we end our podcast today. We want to invite you to join us for our Sunday service. We meet at the AMC Lowe's Theater at 19th and Broadway in Manhattan at 12 noon, and we'd love to see you guys there. We also have a prayer text hotline where you can send your prayer requests. It's available at 539-7-PRAYER and at prayer at 180church.tv. In the midst of life, if you need prayer, our team is available to lift you up in your struggles, and we're always there for you. You can check out our Bible reading group online at 180brg.tumblr.com and on Instagram as well at 180brg. And it's a great resource for being grounded in God's Word and really plugging God's Word into our daily lives. You can also find us online through our Instagram page at 180church and our church website at 180church.tv. And lastly, if you'd like to make an offering, you can do so electronically at our website at 180church.tv. 